you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast episode 105. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? Another day, another 60 oh, yeah. degree day, man. It's getting me, uh, I'm getting spring fever a little too early. Oh, yeah. What, what day is this? February too 16th? Early. It is too early. Oh, yeah. So too <laughs> early to be like 60 degrees, right? Too early for spring fever. I don't know, man. It was yeah. pretty awesome. I said, what about we just uh, I'll, keep I'll take, 60? I'll take all the 60s in February we can get. Yeah, I'm down. We got another great guest tonight. We have Ellie Ruth with us. Welcome, Ellie. Hey, what's up? Ah, glad to have you here. Yeah, we yeah. finally worked it out. I know, <laughs> finally happened. <laughs> and we've got some Russell's Reserve. Uh, is this from you, Neil? Yeah. All right. Well, thank it's go-to, you. man. This is good stuff. Oh, it really is. And yep. when it's like $28 at Kroger on sale. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Easy buy. Yeah. Well, cheers. 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 I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it really 77.7 mm. 7 degrees in here right now? That's what that says. Is it right? Uh, Probably. <laughs> Dang. Heating up. You're heating up in the studio. <laughs> All right, Ellie. Well, we'll get going. We're going to ask you to go back to childhood and oh, no. share with us <laughs> your earliest memories of music. And then when did you realize music was going to be a big part of your life? Mm. Yeah, so I um, I started taking music lessons when I was five years old, trying uh, taking violin lessons. So that, um, oh as far God. as early memories go, <laughs> I like barely remember those lessons. There's a few things I remember about them. Um, so I started trying to learn how to play an instrument very early on That's in my life, which is really cool. You said violin lessons? Well, actually, I think I was technically starting on the viola. So okay. the viola is just tuned different, basically. I mean, there's some other differences when you get really get into it, but when you're a five-year-old, it's like, it's just got, di- <laughs> it's got one different string than the violin. Okay. Um, the violin's tuned E, A, D, G, and the viola's tuned A, D, G, C. So okay. I got one lower. Um, so I started on the viola because I wanted to play the cello, but my mom told me they don't make cellos small enough <laughs> for five-year-olds, which is actually totally not true. They make tiny little cellos Are for you tiny. Me? Yeah, they do. Did she not know that or is she just lying to you? I don't know. Actually, it was one or the other. I'm not they might sure. just be regular sized uh, violins. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. yeah, I'm just kidding. They make them real small, though. So it was basically a lie. And so I became a violist <laughs> instead of a cellist. I took cello lessons like a year later when I was bigger, and I didn't like it because of the other kids in the class. I mean, you know, like, and I went back to viola class because I like the kids and they're better. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and that's how I ended up being a violist instead of a cellist. You know, like, no kidding. liked the kids better. Same way we picked our class. classes in high school. Heck yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has such a big influence. And the teacher, too, which, like, has always been such a huge influence on me. And I think on anybody, really. You know, you have a good teacher and a subject. It, it brings you into that subject more oh, and, yeah. like, influences you more. And so, yeah, no, that was... that. That's what my memory of that class was. I don't really remember much more other than the, the constant battle of trying to get me to practice my instrument throughout my life. <laughs> wow, when you but, started, that is amazing that you started so young. Was it um, 
school driven or driven by your desire to want to pick up an instrument at that age? Mm, I don't remember wanting to. I remember my parents just starting us. Okay. Um, my sister also try, um, started with me. She was She's four years older than me and she started on cello. And she played cello through her whole um, school years. Okay. Um, so yeah. was it structured at home? Did you have like seven o'clock, it's time to practice for 30 minutes? No, definitely not. It was <laughs> <Okay>. very relaxed <laughs> and it was really hard to get me to practice. I just have one like memory of my mom lo- like shutting me in my room because I was fighting practicing so hard. And that she was like, you better go in there and just play a little bit. But it was never really intense. They They weren't intense about it at all. Um, and I honestly didn't really have a practice routine until like high school. Like it was just kind of going to class and, and stuff. And it was just this thing that I did. And it was really when I started playing fiddle music with my friends that I was like, oh, this is cool. I started practicing and playing in front of people. And like, it, it became more interesting to me than just, you know, one of those like extracurricular activities yeah. or something. So when you uh, when your parents got you started when you were young, it was not in school. It was like after school taking yeah. you to lessons. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, okay. Because right. I could five years old is generally we always hear piano, 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 yeah. piano. I yeah. started on the piano, mm-hmm. piano, piano, piano. To hear five years old and to have a viola. Mm-hmm. We know what's really going. Yeah. I've been in an elementary school where is it Suzuki program? Is that, yeah, that's yeah. what I was in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they have these little bitty violins. Mm-hmm. I mean, little five and six year old kids, you know, with these little bitty violins or a three quarter. They're probably they go smaller down to than a quarter. Half. A quarter. I think they go down to even more, Are but like a quarter me? size is like probably a I mean, size really, for a five year old. Like they're really like about that long. Yeah. Oh, they're smaller than that. Even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm a as a teacher now. Even like I have little kiddos. I have like a five year old student now and. They're on playing this tiny little thing. It's yeah. crazy. That is. Sometimes I forget I'm on a podcast saying, you know, this long. <laughs> oh, yeah. And nobody, <laughs> and nobody can see it. <laughs> yeah. Very small. Yeah. yeah. Less than about 12 inches. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> I didn't know they made them that small. Yeah. 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 And it's a real structured program, isn't it? The program is, yeah. A Suzuki, yeah. Like a very, uh, like classical Suzuki program is pretty strict. Well, yeah. not strict. That's not the right word. It's very structured. Right. So, and, and at what age were you in the Suzuki program? I started that. That's where I started when okay. I was like five. They had a program with the Louisville Youth Orchestra where they were starting um, kids really early before they even got to a level where they could read music and play in a, in a youth orchestra. And um, I can't remember what it is. It's called like Presto Strings or something. I think they might still do it. The Louisville Youth Orchestra. And it was, they had Suzuki teachers kind of come in. I think it was a little like, more loose than a regularly, like, very, yeah. very Suzuki program. But, yeah, it was something like that. So you go to violin practice and you go out riding dirt bikes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about Johnstone jokes. <laughs> that was, that was, that was a, a, my type of joke. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Before I saw the program, when I thought of Suzuki, I thought of dirt bikes. I always thought about a motorcycle, yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know how bad it is? The temperature went up like half a degree. It's 78.2 in this room. Oh, it'll keep getting hotter and hotter. And then when we get the whole band in here, it'll really be hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I closed the window so we wouldn't hear trucks go by. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, did you always stick with the viola, you know, in that direction? Or did you ever uh, kind of venture outside of that? Was the, the... you know, dipping your toe into the cello class, was that the only time you went outside of playing your instrument? No, not really. There were instruments all over our house, really. Like, my dad's a musician. Uh, He's a a self-taught bass player and guitar player. And so I tried to pick up the guitar and messed around on the guitar a lot growing up, kind of self-taught on the guitar. And, um, And also sang all the time, just all kinds of singing. And would be in the car listening to the radio with my mom. And I learned about harmonization from her by um, listening to her harmonize with melodies on the radio. Ah, and it just like clicked. She was one of those, you know, yeah. there are people, my dad does that too. Yeah. It's never the melody line. It's always the yeah, harmony. They, she they can don't, pick it out. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. even know if, 
I don't like almost a second nature to oh, where yeah. that's just where you sing. That's where her spot was, you know, because yeah. most people do sing over the lead, the you know, the main melody line. And that's what you, you think about like, I got to have somebody hit that piano key and say, here, Brad, here's where you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. different to yeah. hear it in your own head and then be able to just sing the mm-hmm. harmony yeah. line. And she grew up singing in the church and she was in church choir while I was growing up. And I feel like that. And her mom was a singer and a, um, what do you call it? A musical director at a church. Mm. Is that what you call it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, choir director? Choir no. dra- I think she was a choir director, technically. Okay. But yeah, so she she got that from her mom and singing, singing harmonies in a choir. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, she had the ear where she could pick it out anywhere and would do it on the radio all the time on the way to school. And I remember one time singing it with her and she looked over at me like, whoa, <laughs> I was definitely in elementary school. I don't remember. I was really young. And she just like looked over at me like, whoa, you just did that. And I was like, yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> and it was just like, it just, just being around it. I just picked it up. That's wild. So once you got into middle and high school, were you in the in the orchestra or were you also in choir or chorus or? I actually was in band from okay. middle school, and then I all they, we didn't have a orchestra. Um, and at the time, I started playing fiddle music with my a group of friends. I had a group of friends. They were all, um, well, not all of them, but most of them were homeschooled, and they were learning violin in the same kind of programs that I was learning in, and. We started, um, their parents bought us these fiddle books where we knew how to read music. So all these fiddle tunes were written out so we could read these fiddle tunes. And we started to do that together. Um, so I was doing that. Um, but I was playing trombone in the middle school band. and um, Tr- uh, Trombone. Yeah. <laughs> I played trombone for six years. Yeah. Because I played it for three years in high school too. And I really did not like it. As far oh, as like I... an instrument like that, I, I just... I want. I was a string player, man. The whole time I was like, I don't want to be playing this thing. But you did it for six years. I did, yeah. Yeah. You had to have some kind of like musical um, um, thing. You credit. So either you were in the choir or the band. And I don't know. You'd even though play. I like to sing, man, I wanted to play, I guess. So. It was required where you went to school? Yeah. To either do choir or band for a certain amount of time. Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. next question is, you choose... Uh, Band over choir. Why the trombone? Did they just need somebody to play trombone? Or they're like, hey, here's a great instrument, the trombone. Oh, man. They had all these... In- so you like came in. You're in like fifth grade. You're going to be in middle school, right? And they had all these instruments laid out and you just were picking them up and trying them. And I don't even know. I this don't is- remember having a moment where I was like, oh, this is the one I want to play. I just I just picked it up. I was like, I could do this. <laughs> yeah, this is pre-COVID. It's like, nope, put it down. Yeah. Next kid yeah, the comes next- <laughs> Nope, next kid. Yeah, so unsanitary. Yeah, and that was the other thing about playing the trombone was all the spit, man. Like playing, being in the marching band and being in the band room and stuff, all the spit. I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> I remember uh, the one time we were asked to have a, do you got a bucket I can dump my spit in? Remember that? Yeah. Oh, you look at the face you're making yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. Let me see. Uh, I was like, oh, man. Got a little spit valve. <laughs> at, at least he said something. I feel yeah. like brass players can sometimes just be autopilot and they just do it on the floor. Do it. Put yeah. it on your carpet. <laughs> Anywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is true. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I was kind of thinking about because you, you brought up earlier when you were in the Suzuki uh, program very young and started before you could read music. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about how valuable the ear training of that would be. And then yeah. you brought up, you know, your dad's a musician mm-hmm. and it's uh, self-taught. And then I go, okay, there's more ear training here and that growing up in a different instrument than you're playing. And then mom singing harmonies like, holy shit, dude, that's another level of just hearing music and learning without, I mean, you're, you're a kid. You're like... Mm you know, eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, you're talking about driving, you know, going to elementary school here in that harmony. And it's, it's like the levels of education you got in at such a young age, just ear training wise and being able to pick out those little notes. Do you think that is as valuable a lesson as learning how to read music when you were young? Absolutely. Absolutely. On any level of like learning, because everyone learns different and maybe starts learning at a different age. So like me being a teacher now, I have a totally different 
perspective, but I still feel the same way. I mean, I didn't realize what was going on. Music yeah, was no. just around me all the yeah. time, right? Yeah. So I was really lucky that like that somehow really clicked with me. And I heard things from a very early age. I could hear things like my dad would be on the, like, turning up the radio and he'd be like, listen to this horn part. And he would like, turn it up. And I'd be like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I hear what you're hearing. I understand what you're saying. And um, and hearing bass lines too, because I would literally feel bass lines. We lived in this little house. I grew up in this little house. Um, and I was, my bedroom was like either right next to where my dad played his music or right above. And he could literally feel like, mm-hmm. he was like basically his ears are blown. Like his music is so loud. <laughs> the house is just like rattling with this bass because the bass is the loudest thing because that's what he wants to hear. And like, I just feel, literally be feeling bass lines. Like, <laughs> um, and yeah, so that, I mean, like I said, that was just around and it somehow just really stuck in my head. I could just, yeah, like I said, could hear things. And then it turned into like, that became the kind of learner that I am. So like when I got to college and started taking music theory courses, like um, usually people tend to be better at like the oral skills, hearing things and being not being able to identify things by hearing them. Mm-hmm. And then other people are a little more adept to like the on paper theory. Mm-hmm side of things yeah so it's like it's really one or the other and both like extremely talented people have like one side that's a little more you know easier that they are able to kind of take that in more and one side that needs more work or something I guess in the theory class and for me I was I heard things better than I was I was faster at that and it was easier for me than the written stuff I would rather be able to hear things better yeah I I can uh (laughs) I'm, I'm more like you. You I hear, hear things. Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. things quick. But yeah. yeah. Did you do you find that having such a skill set or, or growing up with the actual music uh, theory training and those things at such a young age, it kind of helped you balance that out once you got into your program in college? Yeah. No. I. I mean, I ended up doing pretty well in like theory courses and and stuff like that. Because um, by that time, I had I had been reading music for a really long time too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were some other people that I knew that grew up playing fiddle and they learned everything by ear and they get start reading music later than I did. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I think I got like a pretty good amount of injection of both before I entered college. (laughs) Before you knew you could be like, no, I don't want to do this. This No, that's that's amazing. So you said you're a a music teacher in school or private lessons or? I teach private lessons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really... Enjoy it. I When I was in college, it's funny, like when I was in high school, actually early high school, I was like, I'm not going to major in music. I don't want to do it. Ended up majoring in music. And then I was like, I don't want to be a music teacher. I don't want to do it. I was like, I'm not going to be that person. Ended up being a music teacher and I really love it. What about those kids that don't practice? I see. I relate to those kids because I was that kid. I only practiced when I would show up and play with my friends or play something that was fun. And that has always been a thing for me where like growing up, I just couldn't get myself to go do scales for four hours. You know, I was never that kid. I wanted to be that so bad. Even in college, I had a hard time. Like being that in the practice room, the six hours a day that you're supposed to be in for a performance major. Um, I like really couldn't do it. I wanted to go jam with people and like have fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. So and I learned I learned in those moments. Like anytime I go to jams, I learned a lot. I was practicing Mm -hmm. in that moment. It just wasn't as like Mm -hmm. practical learning, not educational learning, but it is an education all in one. Yeah. Yeah. That's like on on the job stuff right there. So how many instruments do you play? I mean, I play the violin and the viola. Um, I started trying to teach myself to play the cello last year, actually. That's been fun. <laughs> back to the cello. <laughs> back to, yeah, it's back. <laughs> I just adore the sound of the cello. And you'll hear oh, Chris yeah. play the cello. He's an amazing cellist. We met in school. And um, so jealous of the tone that the cello, cello gets. <laughs> I have cool. to say, the viola is like beautiful, rich tone in comparison to the violin, but it's just not the same. The cello gets this like full sound and it's so nice um but yeah no i'm trying to learn to play the cello it's very hard (laughs) Mm. um and then also i play guitar um banjo mandolin mandolin is was a pretty easy jump because it's the left hand is the same as the violin what about cello the cello is tuned the same as the viola okay but um the the finger system is different because of how big the spacing is Mm. 
So like the note that I would play with my second finger on the viola is a note you'd play with your third finger on the cello. So that has kind of thrown me for a loop, the spacing of it. And then you would have to shift your hand up to get to notes that I, in my head, I'm like, I don't have to shift. If that makes sense. It's like the the, the scale size is is so much different. Yeah. Yeah. And so on violin and viola, your wrist is like this. Mm -hmm. I know we're on a podcast, but you're like arms up (laughs) towards your shoulder. And then on the cello, you're turned completely in the opposite way. Yeah. And it's very, very different. Easier? is, Is it easier? Up and down, you know, straight on the cello? I don't know. Because, I mean, there's so many different things in play. The strings are fatter. So you yeah. need more, a little bit more pressure uh, to handle the fat strings of the cello. You don't have to press as hard on the violin or viola. And then, you know, you got um, the spacing bigger. So you have to move more on the cello. What there's a the, lot of stuff. What about the right hand? The right hand, I would say, is probably the one thing that's most similar. The I mean, right hand easy. feels like it's a totally other direction. But at least like the nuances of how to how to work with a bow, like I already have that in my right hand. Is it like more sweeping movements with the with the cello bow, or is it? It's the much same the kind same? of movement. It's just a is different it? direction. Okay. Yeah, it's a very it's the same like mechanism, you know. Okay. So like, the, I guess the bow's bigger. The bow is bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's technically longer, but it's, it's bigger. Okay. I don't think it's thicker. longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's thicker and oh, it's wow. heavier. The stick is is yeah. thicker too. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't I'm pretty sure it's not longer. It might be like the same length. Huh. I could be wrong. We'll see when Chris gets here. Hey, we'll yeah. figure it out. So this might be a dumb question, but I just I don't know what made me think of this. No such things, but I've heard. Do you have to <laughs> do you have to change the strings on a bow? Yeah, it's actually hair. Yeah, it's hair. So you do you do change the hair on the because you know sometimes you see them all wild. You know the broken ones. That's pretty cool. When you nice play with some broken ones, but I like it. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> you like the flare, huh? Yeah. A little flare. It is there. a flare. I've yeah. seen multiple fiddle players. Well, David from Mama's Ed String Band, he does that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then he goes um, through them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, but it looks cool when you leave them on. Yeah. And uh, is there any way you could light those on fire? Oh. <laughs> Bur- like literally burning hair though. That would be- <laughs> oh yeah, it's still real bad. Wouldn't it? Smell really bad. What kind of hair? Horse uh, mane hair, right? Horse hair, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, you replace it because it breaks, but also the hair gets old, and the quality gets of it gets worse as it gets old because um, it's more brittle and it breaks more when it's old and it gets dirty. No, they need hems.com. So go to four hems, thicken up that hair. You need some of that horse mane conditioner. Yeah, that's true. Or your bow. <laughs> yeah. Get those wild broken hairs under control. <laughs> Let's listen to a tune. Tell us about Dry as a Bone. We haven't even talked about writing yet. <laughs> no, we haven't even gotten there. Yeah. Right. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dry as a Bone is a song I wrote, I think I was like 16 or 17. Um oh, wow. I was playing... I had started playing fiddle music, was getting into bluegrass, and I started playing in this bluegrass band called the Kentucky Bluebells. And um, I started playing and touring around with them from like when I was 17 all the way up till I was like 20, maybe. I can't remember. It was a few years. We put out an album. This was supposed to be, it's been enough time now that I think it's cool. This was supposed to be in our second full length album that we never got to record. Um, Yeah. But this, this song, yeah, it's a really, it's really interesting the way that it turned out, and it's a really cool recording. Right. Let's so check it out. About it so far. Right. Dry as a bone. I will sit here in my desert home while the rain fills the rivers and the holes. That I left when I gave up all my hope for a dollar and some pretty little songs. And you've been holding on to every letter that I wrote. And I, I won't let you see all the rain that's falling down on me. Cause I'm dry, I'm dry as bone. Yes, I'm dry. Said we never stop. Our wheels keep turning till we hit the stars. 
And I wasted every extra drop of truth on my parched lips My soul is still on fire And I tried, oh I tried To tell you every time I looked in your eyes And all that I wanted was to fall back into the river I love that. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. So, uh, number one, how'd you write that at 16 or 17? Oh, my God. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, what material? Like, is that for a 16-year-old? I don't even know. Um, but you were playing fiddle with your friends a lot at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you're probably listening to a lot of what? Oh, what yeah. were you listening to? Oh, my gosh. Okay, at that time, I was really obsessed with Sarah Rose. Okay. Um. And I just loved her style and her songwriting. And I would say that that I was learning to play some of her songs on the Clawhammer banjo. And I wrote the song on banjo. Mm. Um, and then Chloe um, ended up playing the banjo part. She's the banjo player for Kentucky Bluebells. And she she's the one playing that. Um, but I had originally written the song on the Clawhammer. And yeah, that I think that was like a huge influence for me at the time. Uh, her, uh, her song that she did, uh, Annabelle, Annabelle Lee. I think it's called. It's based off the um, Edgar Allan Lee poem. Okay. And she had this really cool um, uh, clawhammer banjo part over this. Uh, it was like in a minor key. And so, that's why it was like this, that like, clawhammer banjo part in a minor key. Um, and, you know, that poem, it's literally the poem and she had written music to it. Yeah. That poem is really intense. Yeah. And like... Um, I guess I was kind of just throwing like intensity at the wall and seeing what would stick because I didn't really have one story in my head. Uh -huh. I mean, I was like 16. I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to... Just build like, a vision. Yeah, just trying to trying to create a vibe but not knowing what I'm talking about, which, which has ended out. up being like my style. <laughs> like I finesse things and like, under, you know, you know, I have things to talk about more that I'm willing to put into music. But like, yeah, at the time it was like, throwing shit at the wall. I was like, what's this dick here? I don't know. What sounds good? What sounds good when you sing it? You know, certain vowels or whatever. And like, <laughs> that was really all that it was. Where, um, where did you record that? We recorded it. It's called Johnson Studio in Covington, Kentucky. Okay. I cannot remember the engineer's name. It was so long ago. Because we had recorded like, I think we got through three tracks. And then we like, uh, Stuff happened. Yeah, that's Chloe, what I was going to ask. Yeah. What happened to not make the record come out? Oh, man. It's actually really sad. It was going to be really cool. And the other tracks sound beautiful, too. But, um, yeah, a lot of things happened. I was, like, just starting college. I was kind of on this track where I didn't really feel like I wanted to go all in mm. with, um, with it. I wanted to stay in school and, um, you know, try some other things, too. I was really wanting to get into jazz. Um, okay. So that was my you know, my feelings about it as the band. And then uh, Chloe, the main the main person of the band, um, amazing singer, banjo player, songwriter. Um, she decided to go back to school, uh, Cincinnati Conservatory, to get her master's degree and certification in operatic singing. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if that's actually what you call that degree, operatic singing, but she was singing opera. She was like class, classical singing. She got her undergrad in that. Yeah. And that, she, now, is that Chloe singing that? No, that was me okay. seeing that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, you had a beautiful voice. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. unbelievable. Thanks. Yeah, the way he edited that, I don't really know. I don't think those are mastered or anything. Um, I don't know. They wouldn't be. Um, but he, yeah, it sounds really great. Yeah. And I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to know what happened with Chloe. Did she graduate? What happened? Did yeah, she got her master's at uh -huh. the Cincinnati Conservatory. And I have not talked to her in forever. Ever. I don't know what she's up to. Well, I, that's all I wanted yeah. to know. I mean, no, no, I, just no. she, <laughs> I honestly am like, I uh, really miss those guys. And Andrea Williams, if you get to, if you got to hear the the solos in this track, mm -hmm. she's an amazing flat picking guitar player. Andrea mm -hmm. Williams. I listened to them earlier. Yeah. yeah. Her guitar, guitar solo is really cool. Yeah. Every solo she did was really cool. And she just like, she she's the kind of player that she wrote her solos. And then perform them like basically the same way mm -hmm. um, when she performed, and she just created these like, yeah, she's yeah. just so mad she's good. Money, huh? Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, 
Well, Neil mentioned songwriting, and you talked about writing this at 16. Is that about the time you started writing, or? I hope not, because if that means that's the first version of stuff she wrote, (laughs) that's ridiculous. (laughs) I would say, like, the first real song that I finished and did something with was around— I wrote it around the same time. I was, like, 15 or 16, um, and it was on the first Kentucky Bluebells album. Oh, cool. Um, That one's on Spotify. (laughs) um, What's the name of it? It's, um— uh oh! Oh remember. my god! <laughs> I'm gonna have to look. At what is it called? <laughs> oh man, I really don't remember. Okay. It's like lost on me. But yeah, it's on that first album. I sing it. I wrote that one on, album, on banjo right? as well. Yeah, the one and only the that's out there. Mm-hmm. Kentucky Bluebells. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. We did a lot of like really traditional bluegrass kind of cuts of stuff. Well, Try to play it roller really fast. <laughs> I would say the uh, like even with this track it, I, of the three that you sent, when when I hear it, I was like that has definitely to me the most traditional, straightforward bluegrass feel. Yeah, I so too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of everything that, that yeah. you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I, I feel like my uh, writing style and my playing style and my taste has definitely gone away from bluegrass. Yeah. Um, but I have such a history with it. And that is actually the most like non-traditional sounding of any of the songs we really did at Bluebells. Yeah. That it was, was still like, outside of the box, but it's yeah. Yeah, that was outside of the box for that group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's closer to bluegrass than what yeah, what I'm currently doing. It just it, it makes sense uh to me because like you said, around that time was when you were playing a lot with your friends and doing a lot of, you know, getting together and, and playing bluegrass. So to be able to write something like that. And for it to be the most bluegrassy sounding of the you know yeah. of the few that we have, it makes total sense. Yeah, that's the that's the time the timeline for me it was at that time I was just doing a lot of bluegrass old time stuff. And it still didn't sound bluegrass or old time. No, no it, <laughs> had, it, it has its own energy to yeah, it for sure. Most yeah. certainly. Yeah. I can't believe that's not mastered because it sounded really good. Oh yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Really I did. know, I know. Yeah. So who? Uh, I, I know you play with quite a few people. Who's mm-hmm. in your Who's in your main circle that you you play with a lot? Yeah, so um, I mean, so in the group that that that's been playing my stuff is um, Fiona Polensky on drums. Hey, hey. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's incredible. She's awesome. She yeah. plays for Keanu and the Sun Kings. Who's like, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> you guys had them we recently, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, amazing, so unbelievable. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, she's an amazing musician. We met in school. She was at the U of L School of Music with me. Um, we became very good friends. And then um, Chris Cup is mm-hmm. playing cello. He uh, plays mandolin for a restless like string band. Okay. Um, but he was doing classical cello with me in school and stuff. And we met and he was like, I play fiddle tunes and we became friends because yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't met Chris yet. It'll be tonight be the first night yeah. to meet him. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. He's super sweet. You'll you'll definitely see him around and stuff. But yeah, he's playing cello, not mandolin tonight. Um, and then um Isaac May is playing is playing mandolin and ch- uh guitar. Okay. Uh, he was in a group with me that I was in for a couple years uh, recently called Hill House, which was a group with um, Isaac May, uh, Taylor Shuck, um, who has played with a lot of different groups, was just in Mama Said for a little bit, yeah. uh, moved on. Crazy banjo player. Oh my gosh, he's insane. <laughs> you guys have met him, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, awesome. Just crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable player, that's yeah. for sure. And uh, Andy Tyler. Andy Taylor? Andy Tyler? Whoa, I just had a second where I was like, wait, wait, what's his name? No, it's Tyler. It's definitely Tyler. Taylor is uh, the Andy Griffith show, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Andy Tyler. Yes. He played bass, amazing bass player. He moved to Nashville. He's doing his own thing. Um, but yeah, that was a really fun group. Isaac played in that. Um, but he'll be playing guitar and mandolin with me. And we've been playing music since I met him. We met at um, Terrapin. We were both playing for in this group. Um, oh, what was it called? It was called Pluck Yeah. <laughs> nice name. <laughs> it was a group um, of a couple people f- that's normally in. Oh gosh, can't remember the band name. They play at Terrapin a lot, um, but a few people from there, and then me and Isaac and Taylor Shuck, and that's when we all started playing together. It was on oh, the first perfect. time I met Isaac, we were jumping on stage at Terrapin to play this late night <laughs> set. Um, pluck, yeah. Pluck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a really, yeah, it was an interesting time. So yeah. is the group that's coming tonight, is this 
like the Ellie Ruth band or? Yeah, for now. I mean, they're all in their own thing and they're all busy. I forgot. Um, also, there's one more. Um, Daniel um, is playing the trumpet and clarinet and he's also going to play a little bit of chimes. Um, he has his own project too called So It Was. And um, they've been gigging around and he has, his first albums are been out for a few years now. He's about to put out a new one. Um yeah, incredible musicians. I'm and you recently uh, started playing some, at least some, with uh, Hot Brown Smackdown, right? Because we yeah. saw you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we have your yeah. first uh, first debut gig with them, right? As a bard, I played a few with them, Aww. but yeah, just, just I was hoping that was the first. <laughs> was that the first at the barn or not? That was the first at the barn. Yeah, yeah. that was the first yeah. time I'd ever been to the barn. Actually, at the barn. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. first at the barn. Yeah, the barn's amazing, right? <laughs> that place yeah, is fun. It was oh awesome. my gosh! Yeah. yeah, it was. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah it it's been super fun playing with Hot Brown. Um, oh, how could that not be? So, what yeah. is uh? I gotta ask this. What What is the guitarist name in Hot Brown? Anthony Lee. My gosh, he's he's a, he's a, he's a space I don't know if I've alien. ever seen better. I've never seen. There's no there's no such thing as better. There's just different. He's untouchable, man. He's a, he's I a, try to keep up with him he in rehearsals. Miss, I cannot by any means. I didn't see him missing out. Oh. He it, he was tearing it up at the barn. And he, oh yeah, my and, and he like this. <laughs> right. Yep. He makes it look so easy. So he, he, <laughs> oh, so jealous. Just of that. super smooth, man. Yeah, Everybody, it's really smooth. That. That entire group of musicians is that, though. Yeah. It is just, they're, they're all aliens when it comes to musicianship. It's unbelievable. <laughs> How did you connect with them? I, well, I was playing with this, um, with a local singer-songwriter, uh, Scott Smith. I don't know if you yep. guys know him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was playing with him. Scott's coming in soon. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, so I've been playing with him for a while. Hey, they got the big benefit show tomorrow. We need to go to We're that. We're going. Yes. Yeah. No, you guys are going to be there. It's the 18th. It's two it's, days. It's on Friday. 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 Oh, what yeah. is today? Today's Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Yeah, that. it's We're on going. Friday. Good. We'll yeah, I'll see y'all there. Yeah. We'll see you there. Yeah. Are you going to, are you playing? People listening yeah, to this Yeah, I'm playing with Hot Brown in with, uh, oh, duh, I'm going to jump in with Scott I just asked if she was playing. I know Hot Brown. It's like, but you're going to play with Scott too? You know, I was just thinking, that's really people listening to this podcast, you missed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. We're talking about the past. <laughs> <at this point. laughs> you can probably still donate, though, if you go to Dusty yeah, uh, that's Bo's true. Uh, that's yeah. Instagram, I'm sure. But I met, I, we did a, Scott did a show with them, Halloween 2020. Yes. I'm getting the years, the years are so bumbled. The like, last month, couple. Yeah. The last really couple. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they played, they headlined a show that Scott was playing at. I was playing with them, his set. So I saw them play, and I had seen Hot Brown play before. I think, once. But that was really the first time I really saw them play. And I was just like, what? what? Just completely blown away. They played um, Jean-Luc Ponty, um, New Country, which Jean-Luc Ponty is this insane violinist and wrote these crazy psychedelic tunes <laughs> for, for violin. And um, they played one. And it has this insane lick that is like, I, I've tried to learn this lick and I've tried to play it. I can almost play it. But it's just incredibly fast. And Anthony Lee just goes... Bleh, bleh, bleh. No big deal. I literally was like screaming. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so like then learned how like incredibly good and cool those people were. And yeah, just like I had met a couple of them at that night and kind of ran into them a few times. And then they uh, lost a member of the band and were kind of looking for somebody. They were wanting a fiddle player. And I was like, okay, I'll come to some rehearsals. So... Yeah. yeah, and then just now it's, out now it's out, a thing. Huh? Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Let's listen they, to another just, song. I wish they'd let you sing more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be happening soon. Really? Uh -oh. Yeah, I'm trying to work Please. out some harmonies. I know I've been fighting it a little bit because I just, I wasn't sure how... What? Yeah. You're fine. Oh, so they want no, you to man, sing. You need to yeah, sing. no, I've been I've been the one that's been like, oh, oh come on. Please. Please. <laughs> Get over myself a little bit. Yeah, no. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. All right. <laughs> so tell us about vibe and G flat. Yeah, so um I sent y'all this one because it's a it's a demo I made in my room during COVID. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, because that's been like a place for me to write. Um, in your bedroom. I mean, where else, right? Um, but yeah, just to kind of get ideas down, starting to learn how to record. Um, I did a couple like sessions where 
I was playing fiddle for other people, just trying to like learn how to record yeah. in my room. And so, yeah, this this idea literally came from me just laying out this one strumming pattern and then just like adding a layer and layer. So this so is all you? Yeah, it's all me. Everything. Okay. Yeah, to the little like clinks <laughs> on like the side of a glass that I put in there, to all the vocal lines, everything is all like either viola. I think I played bass. I think I played cello on it too. It's okay. Just some, yeah. All right, so Let's experimentation. Oh, all right. Is this the, so? Is this the first one that you did like that? Like really trying to lay it? Or is this? Yeah, after this you? was the first one. This was like the biggest one. Okay. I've done it a lot with like small layers, but this one was like a more fully formed. I really tried to like make it a fully formed idea. But yeah, it just started out as a line, and then I wrote words for it. Then I wrote a vocal line. And then I wrote, yeah, and that's that's how I wrote it. Was just by like layering it. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. 
Thank you for not stopping <laughs> that, dude. Oh, wow. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop it. I'm I saw sorry. you go to it and I was like, no, please well, don't. You know, it's please like, it, so, so uh, every time, you know, you come to a point that you think like it might be a good place to take a break, mm-hmm. something else came in, you know. <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it's so tasteful. It's so tasteful in the timing. Just, oh. to, uh, I was vibing. If that was the go, yeah. it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, so well done. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. Oh that one, gosh. that one feels really like precious to me because it was just something that I did in my room. I never oh. really, I haven't released it or anything. It's just like. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I love writing string parts like that. Uh, which, yeah. like, to me, which is, like, we were talking about the RL brain and the written brain. Like, I don't actually write it. Yeah. I just sit there and play something like, ah, it yep. sounds terrible. And then I try it again. And I'm like, that's what I want it to sound like. It's just that. So can you give us, like, it. a little bit of a, a feel for how that recording looks? Like, you know, what did, what did you start with? And how did you yeah. roll with it? And did I just, ideas just come as you were doing it? And Definitely the ideas just came as I as I went. I started off with the first, like, I think it was, like, the first, like, 30 seconds or maybe. Um, which the, the thing that's happening throughout the entire thing that doesn't change is that I'm strumming on my viola. Yeah. So I recorded the few, I don't know how long, and then I looped that. Um, and then I just put stuff on top of it. So... I took I used the bass line, which was partially plucking on the cello that I had and also playing ba- electric bass. Um so you and did both. I did both. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was exper- experimenting with the recording <laughs> and trying to see like what sounded the cello sounds so full and like has this really round sound. But I put a little bit of electric bass in there to make it sound a little more fat, I guess. You know, you know what that what makes so much sense? The the spot where you were the taking up space. Yeah. You're singing that that line that's been going on the entire time underneath it. Dun, 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 dun. You're singing. That's I think that's... You're getting ready to stop it and it hit that line that stopped mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I think that's why. Because you're singing what's been going on the entire time. Because I think that line cat, captures you. It's like, what? But I think that what's going on is like you're bringing... That line's bringing out what like the undercurrent of the entire song right at that moment it kind of like built to that little that point because that is I don't know mm-hmm. I, that's that's that what I because there was something about the everything that led up to there because everything is fitting like real in its spot you've mm-hmm. got everything separate but then it pulls together it pulls together and then you got mm-hmm. that underlying and I I didn't know what it was about that until you said that because I didn't really grab that that was going on underneath mm-hmm. it the entire time which yeah, was probably your Probably your point. You didn't yeah. want it to be the centerpiece, but yeah. And then you that line is basically that. Oh, okay. And it's beautiful. And you're still not ready for the song to end. No, I want to go back and hear it right now. Oh, that's so cool, man. That's really cool. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, that was really, really fun to make. Really fun to make. And I also like. I, a big influence on me was starting to use a loop pedal mm-hmm. and started writing using loops. And so that was that was huge for me. To discover like what you can actually create by literally having the same thing underneath yeah. the entire thing. It's like, but the whole song didn't sound the same. Mm-hmm. No, I all. just yeah, you yeah. just use I used the bass line to create different chords that, you know, occasionally rubbed against the strum that I was doing it, but it never like Clashed. Yeah, creating friction, but creating not... friction, and then release. So you're, I was mm. doing like a chord progression, but it, we were still holding the same thing underneath. And then, yeah, no, I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I just get really nerdy and and love musicians that do that. And I love creating like one kind of like flow energy that you kind of just like dip in and out of, but that thing is always there. Yeah. Do you like the recording itself, like engineering? Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. And at the time, my friend, well, actually Isaac, um, who we mentioned before, um, he was letting me borrow an interface, a microphone, and yeah, basically like some XLR cables or something. Mm -hmm. And I just used one Rode, um, Rode, whatever, I can't remember what it's called. NT1? Yeah, it was a Rode NT1. Is that what you guys... (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm talking out of right now. <laughs> it sounds just, a lot that's, like this. That's, yeah, that's exactly the one I used. It was the NT1 or the NT1A one one or something. It was the NT1A. Yeah, that's this one. This is 1A. That's a 1. <laughs> so yeah, that microphone. I, that's yeah. what I use for every single thing in there. And I just use the same microphone. We need to at road for this uh, episode. That's right. Hey, sponsor us. <laughs> we need one for our guest. We're tired of you using an MXL. I don't know what's in there really. <laughs> Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun and a lot of fun putting that together. It's been a learning curve trying to use like a, uh, trying to use all of that and using a, um, what do you guys, are you you guys using like? Yeah, this is Studio One. Studio One. Gotcha. Nice yeah. and easy. Yeah, no, I'm, I was using Reaper, which is technically free. free. Technically I don't know if I, I don't know if I should that. You're supposed <laughs> to pay for it at a certain point, but they don't force you to, basically. That's, so, that sounds so, like a free, so free program. Right? Um, you have to that. volunteer to pay. <laughs> <laughs> I volunteer to not pay. They just, get, this window pops up. It's like, you need to pay for this. And then you just exit out of it. Um yeah, I'm suddenly like, oh no, am I not supposed to say that? But I feel like people know that because someone told me that that was a thing. So people know, people know. Yeah. A Johnstone joke would have been like, well, don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do that. Just exit out of it. Yeah, Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ellie. So for for our listeners that want to oh, follow over. you more closely. We're and, over already? Yeah. Approaching an hour already. Yeah, wow. I, guess we, I guess there'll be a ringing at the door. Oh my God, it really did go that quick, didn't Tell it? Tell us what you got going on, where we can find <laughs> you on the socials, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, you can follow me at Ellie Ruth Music. I've got a Facebook page and Instagram, and I just got a TikTok. Ooh, yeah. Welcome to TikTok game. <laughs> Have you danced on it yet? No, no dancing yet. <laughs> you want followers? You uh, better do some dancing. I know. I'm probably not going to get any followers, to be yeah. honest, but that's okay. Oh, we haven't been able to figure TikTok out. It's a whole thing. I yeah. thought I'd just try it. I don't know. I get on there and start going like this. <laughs> and then it's laugh so at the next addicting, thing. man. You can be on there forever. It knows how to get you. Yeah. It does. Um, but yeah, those are the socials and I'll post it. I don't have actually any Ellie Roof gigs coming up, but they will happen. I'll post them on there. So All right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go out with Cautionary Brain. Tell us wait, about that one. Hold on. You really, you don't, oh wait, it'll be gone. Never mind. It's tomorrow. Two days from now. I was going to say, you kind of have some gigs, not Ellie Ruth gigs. Oh, yeah, no, you can come see me play with Hot Brown and stuff. Follow Hot Brown Smackdown. If you go back in time. (laughs) Go back in time and see us on Friday. (laughs) Hopefully you saw her on February 18th. (laughs) I think that one's going to be a well-attended affair, man. That's going to be What a lineup. What a lineup. Oh, man. That's a great lineup. Yeah, totally. It's going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Two days. You going? Yeah, I plan to. All right, we'll be there. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We'll be there. Sweet. Tell us about Cautionary Brain. Cautionary Brain is a song that I wrote um, like three years ago. This recording I ripped out of a um, music video that I had made with uh, Chris Cup, the cellist. Out in, uh, we the, actually, out in the woods. Yeah, we actually did it. The Jefferson Memorial Forest. Oh, Very okay. close to here. Yeah, what? Yeah. No, no, right here. Right, right here. here. That's right. We're in back. It. We're in full it. circle, man. That's the perfect one. Yeah. One to do. So yeah, no, that's where we recorded it. We recorded it and did a live video of it. So this recording so this is... recording is outside in the forest? Yeah. Oh, cool. It was crazy. Insane. It was so, so quiet. So, Except for an occasional airplane. So that's it real birds sound... and stuff? Okay. <laughs> it's not. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I know. Okay, at the beginning, you might hear an occasional, like, really, like, I, Isaac engineered it and recorded it for hey, us, hey, too. Let, let's say it's, let's say it's real. It's real. It's real. real. <laughs> it was just really crazy quiet out there. It was, like, frustratingly quiet because I wanted the bird sound. And I was like, we're going to have to put, like, fake bird sound on no, the beginning because no, that's what no. I wanted it I to. think the real answer is, yes, they're real birds. <laughs> Okay. By, recorded I by thought somebody you else. Juicy, juicy inside details. <laughs> they, they no, were, they're they're real. They're, they're real. recorded by somebody else at a different time in a different space. This is but true. Still, yeah, they're no. real oh, birds. Oh, that is so true. Yeah, no, they are real birds. That's right. right. Before we even start this, I do have a question. Yeah. Do you listen to Regina Spector? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. that's so cool. She, I was obsessed with Regina Spector this, when I was in song, like high school. I told my, I, I told mm. my wife, I said, "This is Regina Spector. This is oh, sound." I that want- album with her, with the piano and it's the blue sky. It's called. It's like far from or far, far or something. It's one of the best. That album. I mean, I've had that on repeat from Regina. Yeah, for she years. was. She's. I listened to her for a couple, like one of in heavy rotation. 
mind blowing stuff. I'm so that's so, so cool. Nobody's actually said that to me. I've gotten a lot of cool ones, but that one I'm like, I what? heard it. I was like, Did there you, you go. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if I didn't know if you listened to her, but I thought this sounds like Regina Spector record. And cool. now that I know that, it's even better because oh, it's huge it's, influence. It's I love phenomenal. her. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking with us for the last yeah, hour or so. We're going to have some fun. We'll go uh, open shots. the door and let your band in do yeah, some one right. shots. And by the way, it's officially 79.8 in this room right now. Up. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Cautionary brain. Thanks, Ellie. Thank that you. Stay. 